Hello and welcome back to another episode of Beth Pal Bam. I am your host, Paul, as always, and joining me tonight is Tony. Ho, ho, ho! Family and Josh. Fans will get that one. <laughs> <laughs> Evening. Evening. We all good, guys? As oh, we uh, as we oh. head into the, the Christmas season, we're a little bit behind with this episode, mainly <laughs> due to me being ill um, and uh, some Christmas parties. I believe postponed us as well. Yeah, or and, a and, Christmas and one, party, and one of us refusing to watch it until December. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was only a few days. It's not like that was that was a problem. But we are we are a few weeks late on this. It's just just one of those times of the year, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, as we said, we are here for the holiday season, and we are here for Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. <laughs> so we're going to dive into it we're, we're going to treat it basically like an episode of TV because that's really what it was yeah. when I turned it on I managed to re-watch it again in my lunch break um, so it is pretty much the length of an episode um, mm. so just treat it like that we're not going to do a what worked and what didn't for a, a 45 minute TV yeah. programme um, so just going to go through my notes really the first thing I said it was always going to have a great soundtrack wasn't it Christmas yeah. really Christmas really lends itself yeah um, for this sort of thing so yeah. um, it, it, and, and I think we got a, a few surprises that we'll talk a bit about a, a bit later when it comes to the, the soundtrack um, but diving into the the show itself, uh, I was really taken aback by the animated opening. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't. Yeah, I really wasn't expecting that at all. And then to well, have I wonder, back as well. I wonder whether it was a nod to the um, Star Wars special. Yeah, um, well, James has actually come out and and said the reason why he did it was because he wanted the same kids come back, back and play Quill. And of course, he couldn't do it oh. as live action because it wouldn't have worked. He's too old now mm. to have done it, and it's also not to bring Rooker back. Kids grow up, isn't it? Yeah, and of course, he didn't want to bring Rooker back in live action, did he? No, no. So here, he literally just had to to bring him back with his voice, and and that was it. Um, one of the things did I surprised me though with that animation section that they didn't use the same art style as What If. Yeah, and and again, I think that was that was just down to James Gunn's choice. I yeah. I think he wanted wanted something a little bit more rough and ready than what yeah. if. Um, so and and kind of talking about because we are rattling towards the end of this incarnation of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, one thing I'm not going to miss is Batista's fake laugh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that scene when he when he starts laughing at Quill's poor Christmas, I'm just like, oh no, just stop it! It's just <laughs> getting annoying now. Um, so I'm kind of kind of glad that, that that's gonna go by the wayside. Um, Maybe we can start doing that, Josh, on here. <laughs> go ahead. I'll just mute mute you all. It's all right. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, one thing I am glad about that we finally got Cosmo. It's been a big build-up towards him making an appearance or her. Uh, I'm not quite sure because it is played by a female, but and it is um, a, it is supposed to be a female character because it's based on um, is it Laika? Yeah, the, 
it was it was a female dog, I believe. Yeah, and it, it has been a big build up. Obviously, you guys might not know, but uh, she is um, one of the exhibits on the Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout at Disneyland. <laughs> cool. She's in one of the glass cases in the collector's collection. Brilliant. Um, so it's been a, it's been a long build up to us finally actually getting an appearance. Um, so I, I quite like that. Um, and then then I, I kind of said, touching on what I said at the start with the soundtrack, I, tr- I truly wasn't expecting it to be a, a musical extravaganza. It was fucking brilliant. <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah. And I don't know whether you guys know, but the, the song actually charted. It was in the top 10 on the, um, the Billboard 100. Absolutely um, brilliant. Um, is that, is that uh, the opening song? No, the second one, the, the um, one later on. Um, and James uh, and Kevin Bacon actually performed it on Jimmy Fallon last week oh, wow. with the band, because that is his band in the oh. makeup. Um, oh. The old 97s. Um, so, yeah, they, they performed it live on Jimmy Fallon last week, which I thought was, was quite fun. Um, and then we get that great intro to the new group. Of him just yeah. kind of strolling in in the background and doing a little dance, which I thought he's, was brilliant. He's a bit stocky as well compared to yeah. his dad. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I like it. And yeah. I don't know whether you guys saw, a lot of people were questioning it, whether it was actually someone in a costume. In fact, I, I just watched a breakdown video was suggesting the same thing as well. Yeah, but James has, James has said, no, it's not. It is all CGI. How did CG? Ah. Yeah. It's um, very photorealistically. Yeah, and especially the later on when we get the close-up of him giving out the, the gifts, um, which we'll touch on in a minute, that looks completely real. Like mm. that is someone's hand handing them over, just yeah. covered in a costume. It's, it's brilliant. Um, absolutely great. And and we get his uh, I am Groot shout in the background, which I, I really <laughs> liked. Um, and for me, one of the best decisions James Gunn made with this was making Quill a secondary character. Is that mm. just because you really don't fucking like this, Brad? <laughs> I don't. And do you know what? I hate to say it, but anyone taking bets on him being James Gunn's Superman? Oh, fuck off. No. No. Because <laughs> I wouldn't I be like surprised. But no. James Gunn's Dick Olsen? Oh, God, no. I, fairness, that's I think that's even worse. Fucking Superman. <laughs> uh, excuse me, James I'm Gunn's still... Harry so White! <laughs> uh, no. No. <laughs> um, oh, God, no. <laughs> Lois Lane. Excuse me. Lois Lane. <laughs> nah. I think we all know who Lois Lane's going to be. There's only one person for me if you're going to go into James Gunn's back catalogue. It's Karen Gillan. Oh, what do you think? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know whether um, Isla Fisher. Mm, maybe. I think she's a little bit too old, though, if we're going to have a young Either Superman. Either works for me. Can be a ready. <laughs> um, <laughs> I did say I thought the, the introduction of the, the Quill-Mantis relationship Felt a little bit strange to be introduced in this. Mm. Uh, I understand well, I why it works. Yeah, you did it because the old family thing, isn't it? And then having yeah, and stuff. it just feels like people are going to go and see the film that might possibly not have seen this. Yeah, and go what the fuck? 
yeah, mm. it just seems like a strange place to have introduced it. Like, like he could have introduced it at the end of the last film. And I know he did film something and they cut it. Oh. Um, and it just feels that it's like a, it's a little bit strange to put it here. Because um, I think the story still would have played out the same. Like if they'd have said it at the end, like she'd mentioned it to Drax, but Quill mm. not found out. Because at times it fit, not only does it feel strange that it's here because people might not see it, but it also feels like it's a kind of a throwaway thing. Mm. Because the mm. first scene is, is kind of a joke between her and Drax. Yeah, it, it's meant to be this whole big thing of her feeling like she needs to make him feel like family. It, mm. it just, it, I'm not sure that that really worked as a setup for this and okay. that it could have come beforehand. Not that I've got anything against it. I just think there was better ways of telling it. So would you would you say it's forced then, or would you say it's it was I just think, not handled no, properly? I, yeah, I would say it wasn't handled properly. It isn't forced. I'm fine with that totally. I just you feel like there was better. Yeah, like it, it's a bit of a joke for the first time that we're hearing it. Yeah, it's kind of thrown away, and then as I say, you're going to get to Guardians Three. Are they going to have to retell it again? Mm, true. For yeah. people that haven't seen this. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Or are they just going to, again, just carry on like everybody knows? Probably. <laughs> Which just for me, it's a, a little bit strange. And this is the thing that worries me about Marvel going forward. They've got all these TV shows, cartoons basically the entire TV division now, and they're expecting people to sit and watch everything just because it's got a Marvel logo on it. Don't get me yeah. wrong. That's exactly what we're doing. But Why the rumours are floating around that they're going to scale back a bit now. Well, yeah. in fairness, I think they should because, like Paul says, a lot of people are going to mm. go into Gardens 3 not having seen this and go, hang on, where the fuck's that come from? Yeah, and I also think that's why they're going to I do believe the rumour that they're going to start doing more of these specials. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it definitely feels sense. like that. Yeah, It's the easiest way to do origin stories. It's a 45, 50-minute episode. Yeah, yeah. and as, we, as we've said, sometimes it feels like there's not enough content to fill the episodes. Yeah. And at other times, we've said there's not enough episodes to put all the content in. Yeah, I I would say the shows we've had this year have probably been overblown. That yeah. they didn't need as many episodes as they gave us, mm. and I, that I you felt... could probably have fitted most of it into one of these specials. Yeah, because the probably the way if it was me, if I were in Kevin Feige's shoes, I would work it as like Tony says, origin stories in the special presentations or the whatever they call the the specials, and then have full-blown series for pre-established characters. So yep. that's why Hawkeye worked. That's why yeah. Falcon Winter Soldier, WandaVision, what, that's why all them worked. But yeah. when you get to your likes of Ms. Marvel, She-Hulk, I'd say Moon Knight is probably the exception to that rule because that was yeah. fucking brilliant. Well, I mean, um, this, 
I mean, we talked about him in the past, uh, and a character who would work in one of these sort of 55 minutes. He's Captain Britain. I'd happily see Captain Britain's first appearance to be one of those specials. 55 yeah. minutes, something based around like, Stonehenge, say. <laughs> Just seeing yeah. him getting his powers. Couple three. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree. I think it is, it's the best way of telling a story. Mm. And it, it doesn't, for me, it means people will probably sit there and watch it. They'll go, yeah. oh, look, it's, it's 45 minutes. I don't have to invest myself in it. Yeah. For and weeks. You won't have lots time. of subplots either. You'll have like no. an A and a B plot and 45, 50 minutes. Job done. Here's his character. We're going to be seeing more of them on the big screen at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Because another one that proves that is Werewolf by Night. Yeah. It's one yeah. of the best rated things in the entirety of Phase Four. And people are saying, do more of it. And that's yeah. why, as Tony says, the rumor at the minute is that they're scaling back to those 45 minute specials. Yeah. And, and scaling back just full stop, moving well, things yeah. forward. And mm. so we aren't having to consume so much. Yeah. We were literally going from one series to the next with these reviews. Yeah. Yeah. We'd have a couple of weeks off and then there'd be another one starting. And then they'd throw in a film in between them. <laughs> and it was yeah, just it was continuous for for six, seven months without yeah. a break this year. Uh, and I think they need to scale back to what they were doing before. And it, it's three films, chuck in maybe one TV series, a couple yeah. of these presentations. Yeah. And it's golden again. Yeah. They aren't overworking themselves. The quality will stick. And there we go. We're, we're back to what we expect from them. Yeah. And particularly these Chris. Hopefully we'll get a Christmas special every couple of years with very different characters in it. Um, yeah. Because he's moving on and the guards moving on. But I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but we could see another one maybe next Christmas or the year after with two yeah. completely different characters or something in it. And I'd like yeah. a Spider-Man Christmas special. But I'm biased. Singing, singing Jingle Bells. Yeah. <laughs> Spidey Bells. Spidey Bells. <laughs> Spidey get his bells tickled. <laughs> And you buy MJ. Hey. So, so anyway, back to the episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, my my next note was so the crux of this story is basically them going to Earth to bring Christmas back to Quill. Yeah. But why can't Quill just go to Earth to celebrate yeah, that was Christmas? The episode was why did they leave him there instead of just taking him back to Earth for Christmas? Just if they can get him. back that easily, then why yeah. doesn't he just go back to Earth? And go visit his family or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It just it all felt a little bit weird in the end. Mm. Um, and then I also said, once they get there, it's really weird seeing them in Hollywood. And it seems that yeah. people don't actually know who the Guardians are, despite the fact that they were a massive part of saving the Earth. Yeah. <laughs> it all felt a little wonder, bit weird. It doesn't make you wonder how much of the actual Battle for Earth that people were aware went down and stuff. Yeah, just very, very weird. And also in that scene, I don't know whether you guys spotted it, but uh, there's an advert for Kingo's Christmas. Yes. Mm. <laughs> Outside the theatre, which I thought was, was really clever. Um, then we get a, a member of the Suicide Squad making his guest appearance 
in Flulaborg. Mm. <laughs> How does someone come up with that name? <laughs> I just, I don't know where where he got that from. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say. Honestly, I was put off when I found out this was going to be the Drax and Mantis show. Because they, they are incredibly irritating. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, how great was Pom in this episode? Yeah, she is. She's really good. Um, and I have to say, it, it's better than getting a load of Chris Pratt playing Chris Pratt <laughs> that we get most of the time. And she's got um, mad skills and climbs walls and everything. <laughs> yep. Uh, and now apparently Drax can just jump over walls. Yes. And all sorts of things. Uh, Which, ah, boss, I, I, boss, I, I, boss. I did, did boo briefly, though, when she nixed them with the woman's money as well. <laughs> you cow. It's Christmas. And, and that was one of my next points was, I'm not quite sure why Drax absolutely goes to town on the cops. No. Very strange. <laughs> Just like he completely... Lo- I understand why he beats the robot up. Yeah. Because it killed a robot killed his cousin. Yeah. Fair enough. But <laughs> when he goes to town on the cops, it's just like, oh, okay, you're absolutely going to destroy them. <laughs> um, and do you know oh, what? I actually thought... I actually thought Kevin Bacon's performance wasn't cheesy. No, he's really good, I thought. Yeah, yeah I thought it, it was going to turn out really cheesy because he's playing an over-the-top version of himself. And, uh, and in the end, it's he, not. He, he, the stuff at home, he plays quite a boring version of himself in the first yeah. bit to me. Yeah, I uh, and I really know. like that. And the oh, fact that... that <laughs> and the fact that he actually, his actual wife is in it. Yes. On the phone yes. to him as well, which I thought was, was really clever. Um, uh, and then I, I said, I never. We get past all the, the the ridiculous stuff with Drax and Mantis trying to capture him, and then him being introduced to to Quill, and Quill trying to send him home. And I have to, but on top of that, I never thought the Guardians of the Galaxy would bring a tear to my eye. But mm. the moment when Quill walks out and all the lights turn on. Mm. is just some of the best stuff that MC, the MCU's done in terms of hitting home. Yeah, just a lot of heart in it. Yeah. I, uh, I was watching it, it's, it's hard not to, to, um, to think that the Mr. Gunn is sort of softening us up for the last Guardians film. Yeah, I, oh, I think I probably, yeah. Um, in some way, they haven't been my favourite films. I will be honest but it's going to be sad to see him go because it some of those characters have become ingrained like rocket and group yeah have become such a massive part of the fandom since yeah. they were introduced that it's if you lose lose either of those two like the human characters i don't think anyone will be overly bothered about no but i'll miss rocket i don't know bradley cooper's voice work and that's that role and i sat here again and watched it today and i'm still like how is that Bradley Cooper? I know. I know. It's, there's nothing of the Cooper's voice that we know in there. No. It's a completely different tone and everything. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. Really rock, right. isn't he? Yeah. 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 Uh, and we actually get some decent acting from Chris Pratt. 
in, mm. in this scene as well, which is hard for me to say, but he's actually decent. And I think we're going to get, we're going to get some more decent action from him in part three from mm. what we've seen in the trailer. So it's about time. Um, to, Groot in the antlers. It's just <laughs> brilliant. When he pokes his head around the box that Kevin Bacon was in, and he, he just sticks his head around and the, the little red antlers sitting on top of his head is just great. Brilliant. Uh, um, then we then we get the, the non-cameo from Mark Hamill. Because <laughs> he really does look like him. No matter what people say, that really does look like Mark Hamill. And it was the first thing I said. As soon as I saw it, I was like, is that Mark Hamill? And of course, they've now, they've now denied it and said it's some other, other actor, but it really does look like him. Which bit was that? You know, when they, they're going round before the, the song's about to start and there's an old guy drinking from a bottle. Ah, uh, yeah. It looks just, Yo, just Danny, like Mark Hamill. They had to deny it. No. Yeah. If you if you ever search for it, Mark Hamill's son actually I've, came I've out got, and went, I've, no, I've that's not my dad. phone now. He must not like him. <laughs> People need their fucking eyes testing. <laughs> but, uh, and then, then we get the, the, the second song that, that Kevin Bacon sings. And it just gets stuck in your head. It just keeps going round and round and round. That, that first bit when he's talking about when people are born, it just, it just goes round and round in my head. I can't help it. Um, just really like that. I still find the, uh, the stealing of Bucky's arm a little bit weird. <laughs> yeah, because I'm thinking, well, what's Bucky doing for an arm then if they've got it? Yeah, and how did she get it? Yeah. Because there's no, no way he's giving it up. And I can't imagine that it would particularly lean towards Nebula beating him to, mm. to get it. Um, I know she's, she's part android, but even still, I can't imagine that she'd, she'd get one over him that easily. Which, which leads you to think that maybe Bucky slept with her. Mm. And handed it over. Or when she woke up, she stole it off of him. While he was asleep, it's just all a little bit weird. Yeah. Um, and then, and then the gift giving scene, I think, is really cute, especially Groot's carvings. I thought oh, they were they were really that. lovely. Um, yeah. I love the one which is the carving of the carving of the carving of the carving. Oh, that was genius. <laughs> yeah, they they gives to um, oh Raglan. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I uh, I thought it was. It was very, very clever. Um, uh, and then that's pretty much it. The, I, I didn't think the post credit scene was really worth anything. Not, not no. great, was it? No. Um, yeah, just poor Groot, really, being used as a Christmas tree. <laughs> um, but that was it. But overall, I really enjoyed it. And I, and I think, as we've said earlier in the episode, I think this is the way to go. Mm. In the long run, is these these forty five minute to an hour specials? Yeah, um, I think they work work really we've well. Been, we've had two this year, and they've both been pretty pretty damn good. I'd have thought. Yeah, some of the one best yeah. Of this phase, actually. Yeah, uh, one introducing a whole new set of characters, and one 
just giving us and a little and a new corner of the MCU as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and then this one just giving us a little insight into into what's happening with some of our favourite characters mm. since we last thought saw them. And I know it wasn't that long ago since we saw them because obviously they were in Thor. Um, but again, yeah, but as we touched on then, yeah, exactly. That was that was a pointless cameo for the most part in in Thor. So it, it was good to see what they're actually doing now. Mm. Um, yeah. and just yeah, give us an was, insight into what they're doing. They basically turned up in Thor as a means of getting him from A to B at the end, but it wasn't it? Yeah, exactly, because they messed it up and did them the wrong way around, didn't they? Yeah. Well, I've, I've come up with a theory now that Marvel thought that James Gunn was uh, jumping ship entirely, so they need, they were going to try out Taika Waititi for um, director of Guardians 3. Yeah, I think that probably would have been... I think that probably would have been the way to go. Yeah. Mm. Um, or the way they would have gone. It made the most sense. Yeah. Um, but thankfully it didn't. So, <laughs> yeah. There we go. So, overall, uh, I, I'd probably give that a score in the 80s, I think. Yeah. Yeah, easily. Yeah, definitely. Well, I Very enjoyable. I did want to mention as well that I like the, the tweak to the Marvel logo again at this time. Yeah, with the the Christmas lights around it, I yeah. I like that. Yeah, it was it was very clever, um, and hopefully they stick to doing them. Fairy tale of New York. I'm so sick of that. Song. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but you always know that's going to pop up when you get a Christmas film these days. Yeah. It's always going to be one of those songs that people go to, and especially with Gunn's previous yeah. way of picking music, Although it was. I, I acknowledge it, it worked in the context of this of this yeah. story episode. Yeah. So. Definitely. So that's it for the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, but it's not the end for us this year. We will be bringing you uh, an Easter special, uh, as Tony (laughs) pointed out earlier, um, where we are going to resurrect our past Avengers as we head towards Secret Wars, and which will probably mean a recasting of those characters that we've lost um, over the years. Um, especially over the last couple of Avengers films, we lost a fair few of our, our original Avengers. So we're going to look at recasting them for um, the reboot of the Marvel Cinematic Universe that's coming in the next few years. So that will be out before the end of the year for you. Uh, and then we will be back in the new year as Marvel kick off once more. Um, and as we enter a new era uh, for the DC Universe. Mm. So thank you, boys, as always. No problem. And we will see you somewhere down the road.